Uh, Monday morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G turns into the Tuesday realization that football is now firmly planted in our rear view. The 2023 season wrapped up with a wild Super Bowl for the ages. A snoozy first half begat a wild second half and an unpredictable overtime that, well, one of the teams wasn't even well-versed in the rules and new adjustments for your Kansas City Chiefs, the new dynasty. And we are now firmly and officially on to the 2024 season here on Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Log on today, fanduel.com slash six rings to take advantage of their same game parlays, no sweat first bets, and so much more. It is our latest and greatest episode, as always, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart talking about the end of the football season, what this Chiefs dynasty means for the New England Patriots and their previous double dynastic efforts. And then we'll do a little Pat's Puri at the end and catch you up on the rest of the news, notes, and nuggets and hap hap happenings in Patriots Nation. All right, Hart, I, I just want to put this out there. This is going to shock you. This is going to, I think this is legitimately going to stone cold stun you when I say this. But this is my, this is my, it's not my gift. This is my message to Patriots fans, Pat's Nation, and beyond. Number one. You can appreciate, you can respect, you can admire, you can even enjoy the greatness, this mid-Jordan run of Patrick Mahomes, who is currently by far and away the best player, I think, in all the major North American sports, let alone professional football. You can enjoy, appreciate, admire, respect, and, and be thrilled by Patrick Mahomes without feeling like you're cheating on Tom Brady, everybody. It's okay. Let's all just... Enjoy. I know you're probably thinking like, here comes a fits of you people whining about Mahomes isn't Brady yet. I don't think he is. Maybe he takes 10 years off, starts a second dynasty with a different coach and new talent. Then we can all just stand in complete awe. I don't want to do the stats and the comps. All I do know is that I know what kind of run the Patriots had for 20 years. I'm so comfortable and how great it was and what a gift it was to all Boston sports fans and Pat's nation around the world. And I can, I can admire what the chiefs have done without it affecting how I feel about the Patriots, I would just warn them this. Be careful, because now is when it gets real interesting. Now it's going to get hot for Chiefs fans. Chiefs kingdom, be ready for the haters. Be ready for the detractors. Be ready for everyone to want you to fail. There could even be a scandal or a gate in your future as well. We know this all too well because we were there for 20 years, and it was glorious all the way. So, Fitzy, I always tell you, we watch sports for entertainment. We watch it mm -hmm. for greatness. We want to see things that are at levels we we even struggle to fathom, right? Like we don't want to see run of the mill. And in an ideal world, we see that all come together for our team, whatever sport mm -hmm. it is. And it did for 20 years. You were oh. the kings of the mountains. You saw things you could never have envisioned. Six Super Bowl titles, nine Super Bowl trip, the whole thing. We all never. know the numbers, mm -hmm. the accomplishments, the success. But again, if you can't have that, and you're not going to always have that, you can't have that forever, I always think that whether you choose to make the person a villain or not, it's great to have greatness in sports. I think the worst part of sports is when you go ho-hum year to year, oh, another team won. I can't imagine they'll be back next year because they're really not that good. I'm, I'm not really even sure how they won this year. I think that is terrible for sports. I want 
dominant teams yes. that are up. I want Mike Tyson because then I want to root for Buster Douglas to come along, right? Like you want to have the dream of the upset and the or, or simply the passing of the baton. Like, yes. oh my God, this team's great. But there's another team building that looks like they could be great. And maybe there's going to be a crossing of paths here, a down and an up, and they crisscross. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not passionate enough about my local roots and ties and teams and all that, but I want greatness. And I think Patrick Mahomes, he's developed some things that annoy me. He definitely mm -hmm. I'm getting a little sick of this. The little when he's waiting for the play call and he does that weird finger thing, like he's having some is, spasm. It, or <laughs> is that uh, is that his equivalent to like when Jeter used to do like the elbow fist pump up here and right. just like, but, oh my god, I'd love to break that arm right off at that elbow. Yes, but even more annoying because it's weird. Um, but well, he's, just, he's a he's a unique cat. We can be. I think we can. Hundred percent. In any, we've never heard anyone like him. No one looks like him. Nobody plays like him, and that's what makes it fun. Sometimes infuriating. But also, like you said, easy to admire, but soon probably easy to root against. Absolutely. Especially, you know, some people have already believing that there are scripts and conspiracy theories and whatevers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we had a text at the station yesterday that somebody thought this was a, a DEI initiative that the Chiefs win, like some global DEI initiative. Get like, out of here. What like, are we doing, people? We are all losing our GD minds. And yes, I everyone it. thought it was scripted because... Taylor Swift has made the NFL close to half a billion dollars this year. The ratings came in Monday night. I'm not sure if you've heard at large audience, but 123 and a half million people watched a 10% increase over last year, which was the highest rated Super Bowl of all time. And when you count unique watches, the Paramount Plus and CBS streams, over 200 million people at one point or another partook in consumption of Super Bowl 58. That's massive. And a quick aside, Huge. Tony Romo takes a beating, but I uh, listened to a replay of Patrick and SpongeBob on their call of the game-winning touchdown. They were terrible, so get off Tony <laughs> Romo's back. Patrick and SpongeBob sucked. They, Sponge, I mean, I, I do mean, enjoy, I do enjoy the Nickelodeon alt cast uh, in a lot of ways. I, I, it's fun. I didn't even realize it was going on at the time. Part of me wishes I had set up a second TV, like. 80s 90s early 2000s style before we had picture in picture andy and and we could or like a laptop and a tv and we had to consume things the old-fashioned way splitting the rabbit ears and whatnot just so every now and again i could have toggled over that to the kids because i'm sure there were probably kids in a lot of people's super bowl party first halves then they all go home and go to bed and then the adults do the dirty work in the second half by the way long ass super bowl with the overtime the 40-minute Usher, you know, oh, yeah. Starlight Express, uh, Globo Gym routine. I mean, it, was, it was like four and a half hours. Yeah, and it was, you know, you mentioned the kids going home at halftime. I feel bad for them because the game kind of sucked that the kids saw then because it didn't really take off until the second half and the overtime mm -hmm. and the misunderstood overtime. And, oh, my God, the clock is running out. What's going to happen here? Nope, it's they told you we started a new game, so they'll just play the second quarter of overtime just like they're playing the first quarter. Um and that's where I I did like I thought this was a bad Super Bowl early. Like I was sort of disinterested in the mm -hmm. game the way because you know you always get that debate. Oh, so you don't like defensive battles? No, nah, I didn't really think it was a defensive battle. I didn't think the offenses were very good. I thought you had a couple fumbles by running backs that weren't like these hellacious hits or anything like that. That was I mean oh McCaffrey fumbling after four hundred plus touches without a fumble was a, was a stunner as well. And then yeah. Pacheco was like, I got you, bro. Don't worry, you're not going right. to be the only one. Yeah. So it was. I just didn't think it was great football early. So that would be one of my takeaways. Um, and then it's funny because we know it's a quarterback driven league. 
the quarterback's mm-hmm. always going to be the story for both teams, the quarterback and the coach. And let's go into those. So I hear like Brock Purdy hate. And I'm like, I thought Brock Purdy played well enough to win. I thought Brock Purdy could have won the game. I thought he missed a yeah, couple he throws, did. but everybody misses a couple throws in a game here or there. He also made some really ballsy throws. There was a throw late, the crosser to Debo, that mm-hmm. was a tight window, hits Debo in the hands, and Debo didn't catch it. He flipped it up, and it almost got picked by the linebacker, right. the safety. Um, so I don't, if I'm a 49ers fan, I don't think Brock Purdy fell on his face. Now, I will say, Brock Purdy didn't step up and win the Super Bowl, just like Colin Kaepernick didn't step up and win the Super Bowl, just like right. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't step up and win the Super Bowl. They have a now decade-plus track record of oh. we don't have the guy to get us over the hump when we're in the big game. You know, it's so funny to think uh, because I think we all focus on Kyle Shanahan's misgivings and inability to come through when he has a 10-point-plus 10, 10 lead and that's in a Super Bowl, which is true. Once as offensive coordinator for the Falcons, Super Bowl 51, you know how that turned out as well. Uh, and then now twice, 54 and 58 as the HC of the SF 49ers. And he's blown a 10-point lead or more. Now the last two, of course, against the Chiefs. But then when you factor in San Francisco's recent tortured history, over the last 11 years, they've been to three Super Bowls, had a chance to win them all, and blown it respectively in a, in a different way. And I and as far as so that I can understand the frustration of the 49ers fans after this game as well, because it's been right there on multiple occasions and it's just been stripped away and taken from you. I will I I will say this to anybody who thinks that Brock Purdy ain't it. Brock Purdy's not good enough that he doesn't deserve the starting gig in San Francisco should look elsewhere. His QBR was that I think it like if you combine Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson's like. His was commensurate to both of those combined. He played better than any other quarterback, had a better rating than any QB against the vastly underrated Kansas City defense that played their ass off all postseason long. I think the kid's good. If anything, if anything, you have to blame Kyle Shanahan. If we have to uh, assess who gets the majority or the largest slice of blame pie, it's Shanahan not only uh, it's Shanahan not only for uh not for calling a pass when he should have called a run and calling a run when he should have called a pass and certainly not leaning on McCaffrey. You've got the second best offensive player in the NFL on your team. Lean on this dude for the second half, grind some clock, advance the ball, maybe God forbid score another touchdown as well. But per, it, but she, he also didn't turn Purdy loose with his legs. Andy, he was so good running the ball against the Packers and especially against the Lions in the second half of the NFC Championship. He only had three carries for like 11, 12 yards. You should have turned him loose for sure. But when when Purdy was asked in the fourth quarter to lead the 49ers down the field after the turnover on the fumble and uh, the, the, uh, the turnover on the punt and everything, they scored a touchdown and then they scored a field goal. And then they scored again in overtime. So that was three consecutive drives where Brock Purdy led the 49ers on a scoring drive. I don't want to hear anyone besmirch Brock Purdy or say he was the reason the 49ers lost. No, but they're out there. They're, those people are out there. And I I even wonder if Shanahan will be one of them. He seems to be one of those um, uh, non-committed QB whisperers that always thinks, maybe I don't have the right quarterback. Maybe if I just had the right quarterback, you know, that kind of mentality where I think he should just appreciate Brock Purdy. And we'll see where his career evolves, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was good, but Mahomes was great. And yeah. the situation and is great. There is a difference there. And mm-hmm. the situation that was created by Kyle Shanahan's lack of knowledge of the rules and lack of knowledge of what I think is an obvious decision 
I think, you know, I said this with Gresh on our airwaves yesterday. Everybody said, like, there was some argument, and maybe even Shanahan said it himself, like, we didn't have any, you know, information to go on. There's no analytics to to follow for this situation because it's never happened before. Analytics? You don't need analytics. You need common sense. You need to just look at a situation. I think anybody, any consultant, you could just take a consultant from, like, a totally different industry who's probably never seen a football game and say, okay, here's the situation, here are the options, and I think that guy would be like, so if we take the ball first, the other team can match and better anything we do. If we take it second, we can be the team to match or better anything that the other team did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we should do that. That sounds like a better situation. Like- oh, and And now we're going to know whether or not we have to go four downs at any point in the field. And so the greatest mistake made in addition to not informing all of your players as to how the new postseason NFL overtime rules work is giving Patrick Mahomes the drive to go four downs fourth and one. Of course, what do you think he's going to do? Step back and throw the ball to Justin Watson. It was the best play call in the whole freaking season. No, of the season. I love, you know, me, I believe in stars. I believe stars win in the postseason. So like when the money's on the line, it's Brady to Edelman despite double coverage. It's Brady to Gronk, who's a shell of himself, but I'll still take my chances that Shell mm-hmm. will catch ball and win me. Hoss wide juke for life, bro. I freaking love when teams just say, I got these guys for a reason. These I'm gonna live and die with my guys. And I think it's an unstoppable play. You roll out Patrick Mahomes with Kelsey in the flat. Like he either goes bloop to Kelsey or he you put defenders in defenseless positions like the old damned if you do damned if you don't that's that situation Mm -hmm. and that's what that right there it's so simple too like that's a high school play that is not an nfl like oh my god these guys work so hard to scheme and come up with like no no they they ran a high school play that's about as simple as because they've got a, a, a quarterback who can run when he needs to but chooses not to all the time because he wants to extend his career but in right. a gotta have it moment and who he's would fat. you want yeah and he's got a dad bod but man he can still scoot for a dude who looks like he's he been did. put he's been he's been uh working at awaken andy reed the lap for the last <laughs> couple months i'm damn he is he's just Something in the, the game-winning play as well. Freaking McCall Hardman didn't even know that it was a game-winning touchdown until Mahomes jumped on his back and said, you just won the Super Bowl. Like, You know who did? You know my favorite part of that play is, so they kind of use Kelsey as a decoy there. He's the mm-hmm. inside, and ben, and a couple guys trend with him, as I would, by the way. Mm-hmm. Don't let Kelsey beat you with the game on the line. Make somebody else do it, and oh, they did. God, please no. But like, as soon as the play is unfolding, Kelsey's like this, looking up at the big board with his hand. He knows we just won. Like, you're not stopping right. this. We just won. You didn't cover it. So um, it, give them credit. Like, yeah. they are the Chiefs. They're the best team on the planet. And yes, you people need to accept or hate or fight or whatever. They are you. They're not going to be better than the uh, Dynasty. They're not better than Tommy and Bell. Like, guys, who? We they are, probably we won't are, be. Leg- they, they, probably they probably won't be. be. Like the and reality if they're right is, up there next to it, like they might. Andy Reid. Andy Reid only. First of all, we should just. So Andy Reid has said he'll be back, so he's not retiring. So Belichick's not going. And Kelsey's to got one more year left in the right. tank. The as whole well. thing, and they should. Yep. They're going for history. They want to be the first team, like Brady coming back from the Super Bowl when he goes, "Hey guys, you know, no one's ever done it three times." Well, that's Patrick Mahomes, who you know he. What did he? What was his words like? 
we're just getting started or we're just starting mm-hmm. the dynasty because it is a dynasty. Right. It's officially a dynasty. It is. Um, it is a dynasty. The Patriots are the dynasty because they're the correct. only one to do it back to back. This is now a dynasty. You had Packers, Steelers, 49ers, Cowboys, Pats, Pats, and now Chiefs. Just accept it. It right. is like literally, folks, this is what the definition of it is. What it is is all about. The Chiefs are a dynasty and good for them. And but, you, you know. You seem to be, and I don't know if you're putting on a performance to hide Mm-mm. the tears behind your eyes. No, this um, is, I'm actually, I'm like, I'm, I can appreciate what the Patriots were and what they did more when you see how much work and how much greatness right. goes into it. Like I know our place in history as Patriots fans, people that catalog the, uh, the, the entire incredible run. Like I, it's, I'm comfortable with, it. I don't know if this is like midlife softness or whatever in my, on my behalf, but like, I'm beyond comfortable with this. Well, good, because I'm condescendingly proud of you at this moment for accepting it this way. Well, thank you. <laughs> condescendingly um, proud. Perfectly put by you, you son of a... <laughs> uh, but there are people that aren't taking it that way. And, and I'm with you. Like, when you look at it, yes, he's on a better track. He's on a better pace. He could it, very well could be. It's six straight AFC championships to start a career. Holy shit. And he's smoke. got no shot. And I'm going to tell you the two reasons I think he has no shot. Uh, beyond the obvious that seven's an effing lot of Super Bowls to win. Um, and I give you're, you're tied into Brady. So I know that's the Brady. The six is the Patriots mm-hmm. first and that mm-hmm. whole thing. But first of all, I I don't envision Mahomes being maniacal enough to continue this run, to give up his life, to do like he's got a wife and kids. And I just I, I think at some point he's going to lose a little bit of the fire. But more importantly, at some point, what we just talked about, he's going to lose Andy Reid. I don't know if it's after the fourth Super Bowl, you know, they go out on top, whatever. He's going to have to make the Mm -hmm. the transition sooner in his career. And that's going to be the biggest challenge. Who does he, because you know what I think about Andy Reid. Most underrated coach. And he's the best coach of this generation now. Knock, knock, knocking on the door of goat talk and all those things. Okay. Let me just, because I know we want to tie this back up to the Patriots a little bit before we rock on to Pat's pre. Let me just say this right now. The only nightmare scenario I can envision is if Andy Reid comes back for one more season with Kelsey and they win it and they make the uh, the only three-peat of all time, right? Yep. And now Mahomes has four. And then Bill Belichick is like, that would kill me. That Okay, that would kill me. If Belichick takes a year off to do TV and the way he gets back into the NFL is by doing three years with Patrick Mahomes and, and extending that, I mean, that would... You want to talk about just watching... Just me just watching my entrails be spiraled out onto the floor. That would be like being massacred in an Eli Roth horror movie. Or those country songs that I always point to. The guy driving by his former house where he's like, that's my truck. That's my dog. That's my tree that I planted. But that's not me in that house. Like, <laughs> like, like Revenge of the Nerds. Hey, that's my pie. Like, no, like that would be awful. That would be. Yeah. I just wanted to put it out there. No, it's not happening, people. We, I, not that I know of. Not that any one of us, it's just rampant speculation. I'm saying like that would be legitimately like an extinction level event for Patriots Nation. But that said, like, yeah, they may do it. But I, I'm i with you, dude. Like Mahomes at one point will just probably be like, you know what? Uh, or, you know what? Uh, you know, I I, I, I I, had a new coach. It's harder without the same coach as a brilliant play designer. I lost my best football friend in Kelsey. Like there will be a step back. Plus, just even for next year. AFC West gets tougher. Harbaugh is there. Denver will likely be a little bit better. Raiders seem to be sort of tightening the ship and forming a plan for themselves as well. We'll see how that works out. But also, team with like the fourth most free agency money to spend, 
Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is going to be back. I bet they tag T. Higgins to prevent him from going to the Chiefs or to the Patriots or somewhere else. They're going to run it back. They'll be there tooth and nail the rest of the way for a while. Buffalo's kind of in a, I think things are a little messy for Buffalo right now, but don't be surprised if it's Burrow versus Mahomes again at the tail end of the next season. We'll see if Lamar is heard from. It's just that much more difficult. And the first person who could tell you that would be the Dunn King himself, Tom Brady. All right. Uh, Great Super Bowl. It is a dynasty. It's not the dynasty. Quick reminder, everybody. Thanks for listening to Six Rings of Football Things. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. We're here all offseason long building the latest, greatest, and bestest Patriots sports talk community. Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, our Valentine's gift to you, an unfiltered live Six Rings and Football Things. Our one-off Wednesday this week will be with author Jeff Benedict, who wrote The Dynasty, the book upon which the Apple Plus TV series is based on, and it premieres this Friday with a two-episode premiere on Apple Plus TV. Jeff's kind enough to give us some books to give away as well. You know what? If you're listening right now and you need a book, I got a stack of them that Jeff and Simon and Schuster were kind enough to share. Shoot me a DM at FitzyGFY. Tell me why you need a copy. I'll put a couple in the mail this week just to make sure you guys are well-versed in what the dynasty was all about. But Wednesday, Valentine's Day, 4 p.m., Hart and I will have a nice long chat with Jeff Benedict. We'll be taking your questions. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, Andy, back end of the Six Rings of Football Things podcast, catching up after Super Bowl 58. We are already on to Super Bowl 59 in New so the Orleans. Chiefs, the Chiefs are the front end, and the Patriots are now appropriately the back end <laughs> of our podcast. And so the Chiefs are like the horse face, and we're the horse ass. We're the horse's this. ass now in New England. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. Oh, it does. Um, all right, let's just uh, rifle through some of the latest uh, news, notes, and nuggets from the nation. Um, Sunday, in his Super Bowl edition of the Rap Sheet News uh, and Notes, uh, he said that Mac Jones now officially a likely trade candidate for the New England Patriots. Mac, of course, shows up in workout gear to Gerard Mayo's intro presser. I guess that's Thunder style for Mac Jones. He's been posting photos of working out at the gym, says he's put on six to eight pounds of, of muscle since the season. All that good stuff. Great. Do you do you think Mac Jones deserves a shot out from underneath the umbrella of disdain that was his relationship with Bill Belichick and the, uh, shall we say, the roof of ineptitude that was, uh, or just the house of ineptitude that was, the judge and Patricia offense of 2022. Cause I think it's fresh start city and he's going to be somewhere else by the time we take our first snap of the 2024 season. I think he has to be, I just don't see it being functional for anyone uh, salvageable. Uh, and I don't, and I don't mean his career, his career may be salvageable elsewhere with a different coach in a different situation with some time spent in the background where you weren't a first round pick, where you weren't a pro bowl rookie, where you didn't butt heads with Bill Belichick or whatever went on there. Like this just, it's the perfect change of scenery. Now I don't think it's a guarantee he'll be good. And right. that's why I have been posing the question because elsewhere in the football world, similar reports have emanated from New York that Zach Wilson, even though there was this dream idea that he would sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and that would fix him. Sounds like Zach Wilson could also be moved this off season. Uh, would you, Mm -hmm. make the swap would you simply trade mac jones for zach wilson yes 
in a heartbeat, I would do yes. it. And that's and not to say that I'm in love with Zach Wilson. That's not to say that like, oh my God, what are you nuts? You want the Jets? You want the Jets sloppy seconds? No, I just think that it's sometimes it's one of those deals where it's like, this was effed up for you here. This was screwed up for you here. Let's each take like, go, go to each other's respective curbside, try to see if we can salvage this. And if not, what's the big deal? And, you know, you put a depth chart together. That's maybe Zach Wilson, Jaden Daniels, Jacoby Brissett. Hell, maybe Bailey Zappi's the fourth when camp starts. Maybe you have mm -hmm. those four guys just battling it out, repping it out. And maybe I cut Zach Wilson. Maybe I cut Bailey Zappi. I don't know how the competition would play out. But there was a time where some people with NFL credentials mm -hmm. thought Zach Wilson was a very much high-end talent with modern capabilities. Let me tell you where I think. Can I tell you where, honestly where I think Zach Wilson could and should go? Kansas City. <laughs> no, I'm being dead uh, serious. I, if, yeah, if no, I okay. That team, actually I'd be interested. Okay, all right. Two, all right. I'll give you two spots. There's no better think... professional to learn from, and mm -hmm. there is a similar um, capability mindset. What I'm not comparing Zach Wilson to to Mahomes, obviously, but he can make throws that Mahomes can make, and maybe that's what they kept calling him out of BU, like the next one that can run all right. over the field, arm slots, arm and angles. And if you read the great coach and offensive coach, you put him with Reed and Mahomes, and maybe, maybe they just buff up that turd, and there's a pearl underneath. Strip it all the way down back to just his raw ability. Forget like everything that's happened to you since you were with the Jetropolitans. Forget all that noise and nonsense. Forget your mother's so friends. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. I don't know exactly what the MILF quotient is like out there in Kansas City. I apologize to anyone who is offended by my using my usage of MILF. Who's offended no, by I, no, MILF? I don't. I don't know. It's a weird world where people just look to get offended around every corner. I don't know. I thought everybody loved MILFs. I, right. I mean, well, love that. <laughs> hey, uh, Terp, save that drop. Um, uh, the two places I could see him going. One is Kansas City. Great call. The other one, uh, oddly enough, with another somebody who's who's good with working with, shall we say, uh, our arm talented undersized quarterbacks who could be a little soft and need to be that feel broken that need to be built back up again. Miami. Okay. I don't what, if, what if he was to his back and Mike McDaniel was like, I'm going to teach you how to play offense. I'm going to be in your ear. Look what I've done with Tua. If Tua gets broken, I'm going to draft you up so that you can be my new Tua just in case this doesn't work out. Like, Either way, those are the best spots, I think, for Zach. New England? No, it wouldn't work out. But would I pull the Mac for Zach switch? Yeah, I would. The only reason, I don't hate the Miami idea. The only reason I don't love the Miami idea mm -hmm. is because Tua is a um, replaceable quarterback in the minds of some and many, and I think even some Dolphins fans. And you are planting a physically talented person behind him for that old theory that the most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback. And, you know, maybe Zach Wilson gets in in garbage time or even in the preseason and you see the good Zach Wilson slinging it all over the field. And suddenly Miami fans are like, wait a minute, is this guy more talented than Tua? Could this guy do more damage than Tua? You might create a weird controversy, but it's interesting. I, I mm -hmm. think. Who do you think has more NFL upside remaining in their careers, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. I do if, too. If so, if so, like I, he needs a complete reprogramming. We're talking about like unplugging, rebooting, him getting into somebody else's matrix or operating system, and maybe he shouldn't play at all next year. And probably should shouldn't. Just, yeah, and that's and if you go play behind Mahomes, you won't. If you sit behind Mahomes, in all likelihood, knock on wood for them, you won't play. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I like it. Wow, look at us. Again, you know what? Someone's going to take Snake this, make it theirs. You'll hear this on you'll hear this on the herd in 3 days. You yep. know where you heard, you know where you heard it first. Yeah, welcome. Um and my my three likely spots for Mac Jones would be Minnesota, Denver, and San Francisco. Minnesota, Denver. I think San Francisco is the front runner because I did a little research yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Darnold's contract is up and they tried to do the Darnold rehab thing last year. Now they can do the Mac rehab thing. We know they liked Mac and were interested. I think San Francisco is, and we know there's a working relationship between the organizations. Now I don't know how much that devolved or evolved with Bill leaving. If how many calls Matt Groh has made to uh, John Lynch in his career or Elliot Wolf has made to John Lynch in his career. But mm-hmm. I think that's the most likely landing spot. I uh, couldn't agree more. All right. Uh, some other things going on. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, yeah. Oh, we have a new assistant wide receivers coach without an actual wide receivers coach on the 2024 New England Patriots. High top fades for everyone. Love the it. man most famous for two of the most random things during the 2011 season. One being the receiver that was undercut on a Tom Brady interception, which precipitated the infamous battle royale between Brady and Bill O'Brien on the sidelines in Washington and the guy who was unfortunately cut the night before Super Bowl 46 so the Patriots could add some defensive line depth. Tyquan Underwood returns to Patriot Nation now as an assistant wide receivers coach. That's cool. Okay, great. I know he's been coaching. Maybe he's maybe he's terrific at it. Maybe that's his true calling. Um, I don't know much more about it. All I do know is it's just weird to hire an assistant wide receivers coach before you have an actual wide receivers coach, right? Unless you still have a wide receivers coach, unless Troy Brown is the wide receivers coach. I know a lot of we people haven't heard yet. Okay. You people want to run him out of town, which is weird. Um, I, I see. There's a lot of people that do want to run him out of town. People keep blaming him for the performance of the wide receivers. I, I, I don't. Um, I don't he's, he's been off coaching at the, East West Shrine game, the senior bowl. Obviously, people respect his his offensive acumen and football intelligence elsewhere. I'm I can't blame him single-handedly for Devontae Parker not being able to separate from people and for you know Pop Douglas being quick but slight of frame. For God's sakes. Yeah, I don't I feel really bad when I criticize Troy or question. I don't even want to say criticize. Question. Question. Troy Brown's contributions. How dare, How dare you? Because I love Troy Brown. Great player, great guy, great everything. I don't know if he's a great coach. I don't certainly the development or the maximization of the receiver talent may have been lacking there. Whatever the talent was, I think we all know it's not great talent, but did they get the most out of their talent? It's hard to argue. I will say, um, I was never overly impressed with his explanations uh, when he had to do the Zoom calls with the media. Um, There was definitely something lacking there that I didn't love. And and this is, I'm just going to put it out there for whatever Uh it's worth, overly critical. They may hate me. The two people that I always found having the least impressive answers and explanations during those Zooms were Troy Brown and Cam Accord. Um, I just don't ever put the two of them in the same sentence again, unless it was both of them worked for the 2023 Patriots. I'm just like, I didn't, they didn't come off as like, wow, this guy knows his crap. I, even if it's not going well, I have a lot of faith that he knows what he's doing. I never got that vibe from them ever. Um, and obviously Cam Accord already Mm -hmm. out. I don't know if Troy Brown's going to be out, but it is weird to have Taekwondo, although 
putting together a decent team if our coaches ever have to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can call call half of these guys in. You could get Covington. Hell, Jeremy Springer can probably give you a couple of and couple that would of be runs on special. <laughs> That'd be teams. reason to keep Troy as the the wide receivers coach because dude is Troy, Hey, bro, maybe if Troy spends a little less time getting yoked in the gym and working the playbook, and then maybe he'll. I mean, he right. has look good, coach good. I know. Now, I who knows if he's going to be back. That is a little could be a hand tip that he's going to be back. But it'd be curious to see see when and if the Patriots do announce. Like, okay, everybody, Elliot Wolf is in fact our general manager, and Troy Brown will return as wide receivers coach. Obviously, he and Mayo have known each other for quite some time as well. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Any other positions that need addressing, or rather, posts, Andy, because Drew Wilkins, who served as the outside linebackers coach in recent year for both the Ravens and the Giants has now been hired as the outside linebackers coach with your New England Patriots. Outside linebackers coach was, was that officially Steve Belichick's title or was that Gerard yeah, Mayo's Gerard title? was inside, Steve was outside. Okay, those were Whatever. their technical that, titles when it was yeah. more like co-defensive coordinators in play. Okay. Right, so I'm going to, I think running back is still a question with yep. Vinny Because Sinceri went to Washington. Um. You still have the question of Troy. Is he still the wide receivers coach? Is he not the wide receivers coach? Mm -hmm. You still have Brian. You still have Pellegrino. Mm -hmm. The staff is the staff is coming together. The staff mm -hmm. is starting to, you know, fill out the roles. And, and that's good because, you know, yep. they need to be scouting and working with the scouting department to pick players for their, their styles of play. Do we need a tight ends coach? Because TC McCartney, last I'd heard, was being courted for the quarterback's coach position. And Will Lawing, last year's tight ends coach, previously occupied by Nick Cayley in 2022 and years past, he is now following Bill O'Brien to the BC Eagles to be Billio's OC for the Eagles. Yeah, uh, it seems like you need a tight ends coach. Okay. So in this day and age, uh, let's see, mm -hmm. Mike Vrabel's available. Also going to need a tight end or two. Uh, yes, you need those as well. Again, Mike Vrabel available. He could, <laughs> Mike Vrabel could probably fill both roles. He probably can still play and he can coach. Let's hire as many former players that have turned coaches who might be able to give us 10 yep. to 20 reps any given Sunday because Mayo could step right off the sideline and go in there and bang some bodies around as well. Absolutely. Um, all right, so Wilkins is in, Underwood is in. We still need a running backs coach, a tight ends coach, and we're not sure about the wide receivers coach, but everyone else seems to be, everything else seems to be locked up as far as the posts go. And Andy, wrapping things up, uh, we really are in the day and age of the former New England Patriots dominating the media landscape. Julian Edelman announces they're doing a live uh, Games with Names podcast in Boston. It sells out morning of they have to announce they're going to do a second one immediately the next day so you'll have like a thousand people in a theater for a bubs edelman podcast two days in a row he's been everywhere he's been doing extremely well for himself gronk of course working with fox pushes the kick of destiny to the revenge wide right by him what an awful kick thank you gronk got my 25 dollars in bonus bets thanks to you, you son of a bitch i i said he was going to make it i thought he was going to blast it through for carl what a tragedy you're wrong. Awful. I mean, wrong. even we could make a 25 yard. Come on, Gronk. Well, if I wide right as a native of Buffalo, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some, and he's lost two in a row. But I, his loss is my gain, baby. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself, TB12, the goat, one of the Dunk Kings, who I'd say was in one of the better commercials in the Bet MGM spot that he did. That was a cute, it was a cute spot it was with Vince. I liked it. It was. It was. It was, the buzz it was, was I'd seen it earlier, so the buzz was lost. And certainly so cool. good enough to vote this way as opposed to this way. But then yeah. 
I think everyone's favorite, and I believe it was the highest rated commercial according to like the Metacritic and the ad meter ratings afterward. Dunkin' Donuts Dunk Kings ad with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Tom Brady crushes, gets millions and millions and millions of views, quote tweets, impressions all over social. And on Monday, Dunkin' Donuts announces that they're going to sell the tracksuits. They put them up for sale at noon. They were sold out in moments. Yep. Did you get yours? I didn't even, I thought they were on sale on Tuesday. No, <laughs> I know a few people at the yum brand. So I might, uh, maybe, maybe I'll get one. I'll see if I can get one specialty shipped. If I promise to wear it for you, they are, yeah. um, hideous <laughs> <laughs> and I like orange and they have a healthy <laughs> amount of orange in them, but, um, sure do. they, um, they're hideous. I will say, I actually thought the outtakes from the Dunkings Kings commercial or whatever they put online were funnier. Yeah, I love those with Affleck trying to throw a ball with Brady and everything else. Matt Damon, by the way, the un, the unsung hero of those spots. He was so funny. Just remember when you remember when I told you I'd any for anything for you. This is anything. And when he finishes <laughs> playing the music, and he's like, "I'm sorry," just like just like undersell it. Like it was just the nuanced greatness of Matt Damon and his act and his acting prowess. So freaking great. But when when remember the previous Super Bowl. Affleck and J-Lo did the, uh, they filmed it at a Dunks in Medford. They did the, you know, people got surprised when it was Affleck filling your order and there was J-Lo serving you a coffee. My, one of my, uh, a buddy of mine helped produce that and they made sure to roll for forever. And they chopped that up into a bunch of other YouTube videos and Instagram takeaways and little snackable content pieces. And that crushed as well. So that's two Super Bowls in a row. Dunks and Affleck have just dominated. Good for them. Yeah. We used to win on the football field. Now. Boston people win in the advertising game. Awesome. Sweet. Great. We're great. What was your impression of the Super Bowl? I don't know. The impressions we care about are the ones on social media. Oh, what a fall. What a fall from grace. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Fitzy and Hart will be back with you on Wednesday once again with author Jeff Benedict, 4 p.m. live if you would like to submit some questions and partake in our feedback and chat, our talk back forum with Jeff Benedict, the author of the dynasty in advance of the dynasty miniseries premiering Friday on Apple plus TV. If not, you can enjoy it and share it with your friends right here on the six rings and football things feed on Odyssey, Spotify, Apple pods, or wherever awesome football talk is found for Terp for heart for Fitzy. This has been six rings and football things. We will talk to you soon. We're officially on to the 2024 football season. Good day. God bless Dunkings. And as always, go Pats.